I'm just looking like, damn, this is some deep shit. And, like, I hear a lot of people be suggesting, like, this is why you shouldn't get into astrology or this is why you shouldn't consider yourself an astrologer. And then all other notes I be hearing, like, this is why you should get into astrology and this is why you're an astrologer. I'm out there just going to tell y'all exactly what I see. It's just panning out. So, like I told y'all, Mars and Venus been at war with each other ever since January, really. Because you had Aquarius bringing in that new thing, that new phase, just, just clearing out everything. This is something new. Forget about all that harmony. Forget about um, this is what's new in a quota. And right after that orchestration, you, ha you, you got Mars and Venus right here. They're at war with each other. But you know what I noticed that's so powerful about this war that's going on? Is you got Saturn and you got Pluto over here entering into the war. And Saturn is over here fighting on the behalf of Venus because Aries, or Mars, I should say also, hates Saturn. They do not collaborate good together. And you got Pluto over here fighting on, on the behalf of Aries slash Mars. And you know Pluto does not get along with Venus all that well either. And these are like, this is a powerful war that's going on. And it's still in Aquarius. And you got Pluto really technically. I mean, they're all in the same house. This is all public, actually. So they're all in this fight. But you got Pluto as sitting back in Capricorn. And that's some powerful stuff because here you go with something that's building, building and power and destruction. And the reason why Pluto's opposite, why, why they don't get along with Venus is Venus is about cooperation and longevity and that co cooperation and um, connection and bond. And Pluto destroys everything, even the bond. And that's why Pluto doesn't get along with Venus. Venus is known as everybody loves it. Well, it loves everybody. The moon is everybody loves it. Venus is they love everything. So Venus does have love and does want a desire and some objective with Pluto but Pluto's natural nature will not allow that and that's why out of all the signs Venus and Pluto are the exact opposite see when, if, when Pluto and the moon get together you get this strong collaboration because everybody loves the moon you, you feel it the only one that I would say closest that doesn't love the moon and this is why is it's just going back to that polar opposite is is um Scorpio. And Scorpio's in survival mode. And when you're with the moon, you're supposed to be at home emotionally at peace, emotionally mature. And you can't be emotionally at peace and emotionally mature if you're always in survival mode, physically and emotionally. See, that's why some people would say technically Scorpio would with um, the moon is at a detriment and technically it should work together because that's water, water sign and that's powerful. And yes, um, paradox, paradox, 
paradoxically, yes, I believe I just pronounced that right. That is the case. Yes and yes. It both can be true. I know we got this Western mind thinking that if one is true, then the other one may not be true. It is possible for two things to be true at the same darn time, guys. So here we are. Yeah, this, this war between Venus and Mars is not over. And also, to give you all the heads up, Mars is going to go retrograde. So this war definitely... It's going to blow up. It's really going to get very, very ugly between Venus and Mars. Ever, ever since they went to war, they went at war with each other. It's been like, dang, that feels like Star Wars. The real Star Wars. I mean, and I mean, we could call it Planet Wars and shoot, man. So all this is going on. Guess what? I got this sudden burst of energy when it do something, boom, boom, boom. And then I look, guess what? The sun is at zero degrees in Aries. I'm like, hey, isn't that just, it's just irony because on one end, without even knowing it, ignoring it, knowing it or ignoring it, the energy is there and the, and the inspiration is there. And then on the other note, because I'm looking at all this and I'm sensitive and I, well, sensitive to the information and know how to conduct themselves and to translate this information and know what it exactly means is like the Rafiki moment in Lion King. And I know you're laughing, right? It, that's how it's sort of coming. It's like all of a sudden this boost of intuition of knowing what's going on in the world and in the future. Also, word and it's like, wow. Okay. Boom. So you got that. So you got this action. This power. You know. Boom. <laughs> because it's just. Oh, here it is. Yo. But what's right behind it. In the same house. Remind you. Is Neptune. And that's been in Pisces. And I noticed that ever since. Neptune went into Pisces. Very potent and powerful. As disillusioned. As far as things hidden. As far as. Like. Um. Even being captivated in a vision, whether it being good or whether it being bad, I noticed that that is powerful. I'm just wondering, like, this may not be the typical Aries season. Sun and Aries, I mean, so powerful, man. When I when I think about Aries sun, I'm thinking about the sun expanding and just getting so large and so bright and so hot. Awesome. Scorching, blistering. That's that crackling sound is what I'm hearing. Like, like when I when I even before I even found out which signs is which planets exalted or dignified or full or diminished or detriment. That visualization in my mind, just thinking about it, it's like for some reason, boom. So, that Neptune behind it in the same house, in the seventh house, oh, disillusion, guys. Bad news right here. It's, um, and, and, and it's getting more powerful and it's all the light right now. So, I mean, even some things happening in my own personal life, and it's not like bad directly to me, but because I know some other people and it's like, that's how direct it could be. It's just like 
irony right here. Like, like, yo, there really it was some irony going on. It is going on. Like, like where it is born? It's deep, yo. It really is. So then, right behind that, you got Jupiter. That's expanding upon this this element of powerful hiddenness that's now being into the light. But there's still things hidden because the sun and and Neptune, they're conjunct. They're conjuncting. Along with Jupiter. And it's interesting to see what else is going to come to light. As we're getting a surge of this power. Also, Mercury is right there. Because, you know, when you got the sun, Mercury isn't too far behind. And you also got that. So, so none other is the, the recollection of the sun coming to light. Within you, within your consciousness, you're realizing this. Mercury is there to back that up with information that you're computing and how you're communicating with this newfound light in Aries. It's just so much powerful energies, guys. This is a lot going on, yo. And then and then you got Uranus in Taurus. And Taurus could be loosely speaking like like how how do you go about this in the most practical, slow, logical way? And and you got Uranus Getting out of Aquarius season, I mean, all that Pisces season, right? In, in the age of Aquarius, dictating and being ruler of, of, of even how logically and very slow and subtly how we're putting that together for ourselves. Isn't that powerful? See, you can't escape Aquarius in any of this. In any of this, I, I lie to you not. So, what's going to be uh, the difference for tomorrow? The tomorrow of well, the moon was in Libra, and that was beautiful. You know, so things came to light in a beautiful way, in a nurturing way. And if it wasn't the things that came to light, the way that you went about it for the future will balance it out because. During that whole uh, Libra moon season, things were balancing out emotionally. Some people was letting their anger out a lot. I mean, because there's it, it was it was a balancing, and whether it being a good or whether it being a bad, but for the most part, when that Libra moon was going around, it was like, all right, for the future, now you know what it is. And now here it is in Scorpio, that baking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no wonder I'm over here feeling some type of way. Because in some interpretations, my moon is in Scorpio. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's like... So where the moon at is also dictating like where Black Lilith is. And Black Lilith could be in Scorpio along with the moon, but it could also still be in Libra. And that's why this this dark side of balancing things out is happening, you know. And that's that's a as as the moon gets deeper into Scorpio, that effect 
is gonna be happening with the moon right there. Then Wednesday on the 23rd, my normal interpretation, right? Um, Sag Moon, party up at the bottom of the map, right? Really at home. Things is at home for me right here. Then we could fast forward from the 23rd to the 25th. Then it's going to be here. Where is Neptune going to be? Yep. Neptune is going to be straggling behind the sun as the sun is progressing through Aries. And, you know, Mercury is going to be following it until, yeah, um, if I had to take a guess, right here. On the 28th of March is when I believe we're going to be out of the woods as far as that Neptune affecting that. That disillusion this that's happening. And then you got the moon catching up, going back to a Pisces. Boom, right there with the Neptune. Boom, right there on the 30th. Boom, that's going to be... Nah, you're not out the woods, my dude. Right there. We're going to need to see on the 31st, right? Still going to be lingering with all of that, plus Jupiter with the Neptune. My goodness, man. Friday, April the 1st, April Fool's Day. What's going to be so foolish about April Fool's Day? Let's see. Ooh. See, Venus going to get closer with Saturn. And is going to be powering up with his friend right there. Let's do this, buddy. Let's end this war once and for all. But no, Mars is going to go retrograde. And that's going to be some... Mm, mm, mm. Oh, then you got this super conjunction right here in Aries on April the 1st. The sun, the moon, and Mercury. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, man. That's going to be one hell of a day for action. Personally, emotionally, all of that. That's that's going to be a lot of power right there, boy. So here's the moon going into Taurus. The third, right? Yep. Getting in the sun, getting farther and farther away from Neptune. So it's getting out of that vibe. By the ninth, right? Jupiter... And Neptune, they're going to be doing something extra special. It'll look like on the ninth, getting closer to ninth. Let's see, even closer on the tenth. Let's see. Oh my goodness, on the eleventh, they look like they together. They, ooh, on the twelfth, this is it. April the twelfth. Look out. The moon is also going to be in Virgo. Mmm, mm, powerful, powerful, powerful. Right here, right here, right here. Hey. <coughs> And we do see Black Moon Lilith. She all the way over here. So you ain't even peep back in the day right there. But Black Moon Lilith is going to be... Ooh, Gemini. And she's going to be at the top of the map. Ooh, 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 look how beautiful this looks, actually. Look. On the 12th of April, you're going to have the moon in Virgo. For a Virgo Ascendant. And guess who's going to be highest in the sky for that moon with the Virgo Ascendant moon right there first. Well, technically, ooh, the moon is going to be in the 12th house. 
That's powerful right there. Ooh, this is going to be a lovely Virgo Ascendant because the highest, their MC, is, of course, Gemini, right? But guess who's there with it? Oh, this person is walling. They got Ceres right here, Gemini, right? So think about your mother in a Gemini-like way. Very scattered, very all over the place, right? Got a lot to say, but also with that... Lilith, so the 12th of April. Y'all got to look out because this is also what I was lining up right here. Neptune and Jupiter is going to be at an all-time high as far as this disillusioned dream. You know? This thing that has been set in motion. Venus over here speeding up ahead in Pisces with leaving Mars behind with Saturn. And Saturn going diminish that the real diminish i mean i ain't talking about oh mars and taurus diminish or mars retrograde diminish no when this was saturn that's diminished right then hell yeah that was one hell of a team match when you had pluto around for the fight damn Hell yeah, some real shit going down, boy. Some of that real shit going down. And on top of that, Mercury on the 12th of April is not even going to be in the same sign as the sun. So you're going to have that that dissonance going on between the communication... And what's really going on in the light. That's some deepness. You got Uranus still there. Hanging out in Taurus. Fucking that shit up, bro. And North Node right there in Taurus. With that, yo, things is going to be switched up on the 12th. You about to see a fucked up day on the 12th. I lie to you not. You better get ready with fucking life. Motherfucking life gonna gonna have a fucking punch for you on the twelfth. You hear me? Yo, it's it's gonna be a fucked up day. Here you go. That's some shit, right? That's some shit. I lie to you not. We going through some fucked up days, right? We got some fucked up days about to happen, yo. It's gonna be fucked up. Guess what? Because y'all hearing profanity is not even the bad thing right now. Y'all over here getting mad because you heard a word. Trust me, something about to be messed up, all right? And I said it in your language. Now go on and accept that right now. This, this is just a start. That sun just hit zero degrees in Aries. It just started, boy.